potential threat from Daniel Ricciardo. Talking of which, the stewards have decided no further action. Daniel Ricciardo and Sebastian Vettel. So, so some great impressions there at Formula One cars. I think that was probably like a turbo from the 1980s rather than 2018. Well, he thought it was funny. Hello and welcome to a, another episode of Rear the Grid. As always, I am your host, Matt. Joined by the great defector. He's trying to assert me by hosting his own podcast. It is Jashan BV. How are you doing today, good sir? I'm doing very, very well, mate. I'm keen to get stuck into this here podcast. I've got my Zoom coffee. Ethiopian bean arabica. I don't know what it is. It's coffee. It's nice. Go check out Zoom Coffee. Very, very good high quality. We've had a few uh, shockers that uh, drag down the rear of the grid average, I think. Largely because of myself, I'd say. No. Sometimes I just decide no, that I don't, don't want to do it. Stop beating yourself up. Oh, no, I'm not. I just sometimes I decide I can't be asked. Or I just walk out mid-podcast. We've all been there, bro. You did once threaten to walk out of your own podcast. That no, was no, no. I, I once legitimately walked out mid-podcast. Good time. Also, that's true. <laughs> you gotta, you got to bring some drama, mate. I forgot about that. But uh, on oh, this God. week's show, we take a look at uh well, we take an update on what has been going on with this whole cost cap saga uh it's been a little while since we've had one of these but we get into a little bit of a fierce driver debate pertaining to the fucking virgin yuki sonoda and the chad McHumacher. <laughs> <laughs> and we also preview this weekend's united states grand prix all that and more on this another episode of Rear of the Grid. Here we are back for another week in preview of the United States Grand Prix in Austin, Texas at COTA, the Circuit of the Americas. One of the uh, best, if not the best, of the young racetracks in Formula One and always a pretty good race. Oh, it was shit last year. Wasn't that shit last year? Or being completely awful. Can you remember the race? No, because it was completely immemorable. It was utterly boring. I can't remember most races. 2021 <laughs> F1. How's your brain, let's have mate? A, let's have a... Um, let's go have a look what the results were and see if... Uh, it was cool you know. because there were a bunch of fans there. But the actual race itself was pretty mm. average. Pretty mid. Um, the as the kids say. The United States Grand Prix... No, that's not what I want. There we go, 2021. I just want... I fucking... I just... Why is this being so difficult? Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. The podium was Verstappen, Hamilton... Oh, right. Verstappen... No, the winning driver was... Okay, that's not the podium. That's just... Uh, okay, there we go. You know, I just want... The 2020 United States Grand Prix report. All right, here we go with that. One by, one by Verstappen over Hamilton and Perez. 
Uh, Leclerc was four. Yeah, look, it probably was just a race, but it, there's been some good ones over the years. It's normally pretty. Name them. I think it's a narrative. I don't think the uh, I don't think Coda is a good track at all. Having watched one singular race there <laughs> as an expert, I think it's garbage. Um, I see. I can't that, but I know there was one. The one that Raikkonen won there, I think, was a really good race. Um. I'm trying to. I was, what's that? I was hoping I could find. Let's go forward again. See if I can just find a list of people that. All the drivers the like other. it. All the drivers say it's a lot of fun. Uh yeah, Raikkonen. Raikkonen's race in 2018 was a really good race. Um. And then I think Bottas' one in 2019 was pretty decent as well. Um, it's hard for me to judge a lot of the Hamilton era. Most of that I've blocked out, and I, you know, <laughs> not really that. But no, Coda's a Coda's a good. It's a very flowing. It's a good track to drive. Ah, uh, but regardless, we're jumping right into this. So, Jashan, it's time for you to send it. Ooh, unexpected send. This guy's crazy. Yes, send it. This is the uh, segment where I rattle off a few headlines from the undulating. Much like the first corner there at uh, Coda, the undulating world of Formula One, Matt can pick one that he wants to talk about, and I myself will pick one that I'd like to talk about. Fun stuff ensues. Headline one, <clears throat> courtesy of Autosport. Cota renames final corner after Mario Andretti ahead of F1 US Grand Prix. Headline number two over there from the official F1 website. We know what we need to put right. Mercedes share progress on their 2023 car. Number three, from <clears throat> Nine's Wide World of Sports. Haas boss Gunter Steiner says Daniel Ricciardo can call me up if he wants 2023 drive. Headline number four. Sebastian Vettel names his toughest F1 rival after 15 years of competition. Courtesy of the official F1 website again. And finally, back to Nine's Wide World of Sports. <clears throat> Flying Kiwi inspired by six-time champion Scott Dixon set sights on IndyCar. Consider it sent. The Merchant of Hume, Matthew. Any of those headlines? Well, actually, this is actually surprising. Life. This is a good week for headlines. Um, so... Can I defer to you so I don't lightly brush on the one that you actually possibly were going to talk about? I don't know. Right now, I know what headline I think we actually need to deconstruct, but there's a couple of others I want to seek clarification on. So I'm going to let you go first. You're going to let me go first. Stomp on your... uh... (laughs) I don't want to to seek clarification on a headline you were already eyeing off to talk about properly. Fair enough. Well... I'll give you the floor. I'll go with that last one. I'll go with the flying kiwi. Cool, this this is kiwi. So can I take a stab of the dark at this? Of course. So is this is this just as simple as is it is it a is it a rumor on Liam Lawson? Wrong kiwi. Right category. Yes. What's Marcus Armstrong? Yeah, it's Marcus Armstrong. Which mm-hmm. was one we've already speculated on F two, haven't we? Yeah, yeah. Shout out to our other show, F2 for you. You can find it on the exact same podcast stream. It's good stuff. But yeah, Marcus Armstrong is going to be making the move to IndyCar. Theoretically, it's not confirmed yet, but that's the that's the strong rumor. He wants to go over there to America, 
and he referenced Scott Dixon and Scott McLaughlin, must be said, as kind yes. of influences in going Scotty there. Scotty Mac. Yeah, <laughs> sorry. Scotty Mac. Scotty Mac, yeah, Scotty Mac. Scott is that McLaughlin. the, uh, is yeah. that the, is that the, is that his nickname? Is that his fun little catchphrase there? I mean, he's a, that's what you'd call him if you're an Australian, isn't it? That's what we do. Fair enough. Scott McLaughlin, so it becomes Scotty Mac. Well, the the quote here is, I've always been attra- I've always been attracted to the championship from a young age because I am a Kiwi and I've been watching Scott Dixon kick ass since I was about two years old. That checks out. Yeah, Christchurch born Armstrong. Uh, are you excited for Armstrong to go over there to IndyCar potentially? And do you think he'll succeed in the category? I absolutely would be. As, as I think I've sort of said in F2 and stuff like that, we've obviously seen, well, we've seen other F-run sort of guys, obviously Grosjean and Eric Erickson's been there for a few years. Grosjean went over last year um, and then this season we saw two former f2 i mean lots of them are that but yeah two two recent f2 stalwarts in christian lundgaard and callum Eilat go over and make their um indycar debuts and as i'm just bringing up here i don't know whether or not he edged out in the end but um Lundgaard was in the race for Rookie of the Year all season. He might have just been edged out by David Malukas when all was said and done. Mm-hmm. Uh, he finished... He, oh, no, he got the job done. He finished 14th in the championship, just behind Roman Grosjean, uh, actually, and not that far hey, behind yeah. Colton, Colton Herter. Um, but yeah, finished 14th in the championship on 323 points, which for context is miles off the lead, but as I said, not that miles off someone like Colton Herter, um, and edged out David Malukas for Rookie of the Year by 18 points. Uh, Malukas, someone who's come through the typical, more typical F uh, IndyCar feeder system of Indy Lights. Uh, and Callum Eilat finished uh, third in the rookie standings, 20th in the championship, both of them. I think Lungard had a couple of podiums by season's end, Eilat... Not sure whether he got one in the end, but he was certainly had a few races where he really was up there. And it should be said, um, both of them, Eilat particularly, is at one of the real small teams on the grid. I think they're a one-car operation. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, they're one of the real, real, yes, yeah, small, small teams. Uh, Lungard's probably at, like, fifth or sixth biggest team on the grid. So... You know, strong results. So, yeah, both of them are done really good. Eilat has expressed that as someone... Oh, actually, maybe it was Lungard. But as someone who, yeah, has raced with um, Rithin against Armstrong, that he thinks he could succeed in IndyCar. So, yeah, I'd, I'd absolutely like to see it. I don't think there's any reason that Armstrong couldn't rock up and over the next few years, the adjustment period, be very, very competitive in IndyCar. And it is worth worth saying in IndyCar... Um, in some ways, that obviously there is a huge like Newgarden is an established guy. He think he's late twenties, maybe very early thirties. He's a two-time champ. Scotty Mack is on the path. I think increasingly being a championship contender. He's late twenties, and then obviously there is that class of Polo, Award, and Herder, who are all very very young twenties. Polo's already a one-time champ, but you've also got. Scott, Dix- well, Scott Dixon and Will Power, who have won, I think, probably about eight of the last 20 championships between them, mm-hmm. are 42 and 41, I believe. They are likely yeah. in their final throws of, if not um, just being competitors in the category, certainly title contention, potentially. Like, there's going to be spots up for grabs at the front of the pack, both in the sense of just... 
baseline competitiveness, like someone steps away, in theory, there's a spot as a championship contender there. And in the sense of potentially race seats, if either of those go, that's a seat in e one seat in each of the top two teams that could be up for grabs in two or three years, when in theory, someone who rocks up this year might be looking to hit their sweet spot. Yep. So I think it's a good time for a youngster to come in. And yeah, I think Armstrong can absolutely uh, make the grade there in IndyCar. Well, he is actually in America at the moment, and he tested for Dale Coin Racing at Sebring recently. So that's kind of yep. the link there. And apparently, Mr. Dale Coin is looking to add a third car to his program alongside oh, David to... Malukas and Takuma Malukas. Sato. So, yes, Armstrong could slot in I there. That'd be a good thing. As I said, it'd be a good spot for that. As I said, Malukas came on real strong second half of the season, along with Lungard, was in that Rookie of the Year race. Um, I mean, he's not done it with Dale Coyne, but Sato is a two-time Indianapolis 500 winner. Um, yep. They were a solid team. They were a solid outfit. It's you and that. And, yeah, if they're expanding to a third car, that's not a bad spot. It's, yeah, a seat where there's not going to be, like, crazy high expectations, like if you join you know, with Penske or Ganassi or, like, Andretti. But, yeah, room to grow there. So I, I think it would be a great spot for him to land. Beautiful. Well... Is there, a, uh, is there a headline that you'd like to talk about there, Matt? There is. Can you just remind me quickly of the third and fourth headlines? Because I feel like there was one of those had something I possibly wanted to ask about. But I know which one. I, they're not what I um, The fourth one was Seb Vettel naming his biggest rival over his oh, career. Oh, okay. Yes, that was it. Um, was it Ferrari <laughs> when he was there? I don't know. Is it, is it as simple as... It, is it one of Hamilton or Alonso? Those were the two guys he named. Yeah, he said Hamilton, but before so, that so it was yeah. Alonso. Yeah, yeah, because it was it was real. It was Alonso and the Red Bull. It was Alonso when he was winning. Yes. Alonso was the guy who, well, I mean, it was Alonso and Weber the first championship really. Weber led most of the season. Alonso led into Abu Dhabi. Seb won the title. Alonso was the one who was ahead of him for a lot of the season in title three, and then titles two and four he didn't have a rival. And then, yes, obviously, it was Hamilton when Hamilton was. So, yes, that makes sense. It's the two you would have thought. Um, I think it's this Mercedes story. Now, I've not seen this specific article headline itself, but I have seen some talk on Twitter and some people, like, um, yeah, like, putting out, um, what's the word? I like? Some quotes. Some people, people, like, tweeting quotes from Toto and stuff like that in his comments about the fact that they now think that, you know, figured out whatever, you know, how that, they were up to, so, yeah, and they they seem very confident that they've sorted out the things they need to sort out and that they're yep. not going to stay not being this level of competitive for much longer or going forward into next season. Um, yeah, I think that's obviously interesting that they're, they're talking the good talk. We'll see if they can walk the walk as well. Um, obviously I'm terrified of them having absolutely nailed it and just reverting back to yonks in front of everyone. But if it's just in terms of getting back up to that, I, I, I honestly, you know, I don't really want to see Hamilton winning anymore. But if Mercedes can be back up properly on the level of, um, Red Bull and Ferrari when Ferrari doesn't shoot itself in the foot, yeah. um, I don't think that if, if there is six race cars on the track any given week that have a legit chance at winning a race. That's great. With yeah, awesome. nothing, nothing going proper Monza 20, Monza 21, like, bananas. Um, that can only be a good thing. 
Great for the sport, great for the viewers. Great and for it pays the way for George to be world champion, which is... Well, I was going to say, I had mentioned that, yeah, you'd like them to be... Maybe not like them to be great for Hamilton, but you'd definitely like them to be great for old mate Georgie boy. Absolutely. If I can have two championship contenders in amongst my favourite drivers, that would be swell. And one who's less likely to um get fisted by his team at every fucking turn and... Just make me sad. <laughs> well, that's, you mentioned that you don't know if Mercedes can walk the walk as well as talk talk. I feel like if there's any team you'd have faith who can, oh, I, I expect walk them. The walk, I expect they will. Yes, it'd be Mercedes. All this chats, a lot of it is coming from technical director Mike Elliott. So he got interviewed by one of the F1 uh, journalists. They don't credit their articles to journalists unless it's Karun Chantok, which this obviously isn't. But anyways. He basically expressed that, yeah, we've been trying to understand the car, and I think we do understand that now we know what we need to put right. So, yeah, they're going to be allegedly diligent over the winter to sort out their issues, and I guess, you know, one more season of Lewis Hamilton being a championship contender could be very, very juicy. I think I'm up, I'm up for Verstappen Hamilton round two at the very least. That'll be fun. And if absolutely. it is indeed a, you know, uh, six cars can win a race, that'd be fucking awesome. Well, fucking so, yeah. Takuma Sato's 45. Takuma 45, yeah. That was going to be my sixth headline for Send It, but I, it just... Sorry, I just thought I'd go... I decided I'd go have a look-see at um, <laughs> who, who else is on the ageing sides of things. Yeah, yeah. Wait, is he related to Marino Sato? Uh, no, I don't believe so. Huh. That is just Quinky Dink Sato, a semi-common name in Japan. But yes, yeah, yeah, I was, right about, I was right about Dixon 42, so. Power 41. Obviously, you've got guys like, oh, he's not there, but like Helio's got to be in close to his last season. He's 47. There Cheapest should, well, creepers. If Ganassi chooses to keep it at four cars, there should be a seat opening up soon because Johnson's 47. I can't imagine he'll go more than another year or two. Grosjean's 36. As I said, Sato's 45. Pagano's 38. Some old ass people in IndyCar, man. Uh, you do much like you should when you like F F one has a much more limited shelf life than a lot of other motorsport categories. Because it's, it's that much faster, there's IndyCar that much more stress on the body or Um, I think that'd be part of it, yeah. IndyCar still does that, have a lot, but yeah, not maybe quite the same amount and it's just yeah, uh, or there's less of a less of a concern if you're hanging around a bit and still not being like Ultra, ultra, mm. ultra competitive, but is that how? Because that's the thing. You see guys like will race into you know their fifties or more in like GT racing and things like that, right? Um, which is why obviously a lot of guys go to things like WEC and that after they retire from Formula One. Um, Naturally, but that's the thing. Like you know, it's not that crazy. And obviously, I'm not saying in say case, but you know, motorsports a weird thing in how like the pyramid and stuff works. But like the average age. Or, I mean, there's probably, let's see, there's probably the the median age bracket in the Premier League, I imagine, is significantly narrower than in the fifth division of non-league football, where there's probably some 12-year-olds who are really fucking good future stars running around, and there's probably a few of their dads, aged 51, <laughs> also running around on the same team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas in the Prem... Typically speaking, most people are going to be between the age of, you know, 21 and 34. 
Fair shout, fair prem shout. Well, I reckon, I reckon that uh, brings us to the end of send it. It does indeed more bring things us to, send, to the end of send it. I absolutely don't. So on to next topic, and this kind of pertains to talking about stuff with Toto, because Toto is a key part in this. But uh, I'll ask you this, Jashan. What is the best F1 name pun currently going around? And what? why, this is a rhetorical question, why is it Max Kostkappen? I prefer Sack Brown, personally. Big uh, Sack Brown. Wait, are people bandwagoning to get rid of Zach Brown? No, but I think uh, Big Sack Brown is uh, is nice because he's got some massive balls to be leaking these oh, okay, letters. Okay. <laughs> well, Max Kostkappen, as someone who feels a little bit more on the... um. Well, I don't know whether I'd say the Red Bull side of things, just the not rampant Mercedes side of F1 Twitter. Yeah. Um, I will say Max Koskappen is definitely um, it's a quite glorious good. gift that Twitter has given us. It's definitely, it gets a chuckle. But yes, the Koskap, we obviously talked about this on last week's show coming out of Japan. Um, we don't appear to be many. Well, I'm sure we are. Well, I'd like to think we are. But in terms of knowledge that we, the fans, have, we don't appear any closer to a verdict as to what Red Bull's punishment is going to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, we do seemingly know some more information. Um, I believe I've I've heard, and you can correct me if I'm possibly wrong or if you've also heard this out. It seems to be that possibly one of the things this is pertaining to could be around the salary of Adrian Newey, who is obviously the chief engineer or designer or whatever Red Bull, um, considered one of the all-time legends of the store, one of the greatest minds F1's ever had. So, yeah, so it seems to be that possibly stuff to do with Adrian Newey's contract, um, which, if that is one of the things, or the thing and that that's, determined to be what where they've gone over or what's or what they've not declared properly or something um then i think that is definitely something where there has to be a penalty pertaining to losing more than just some money yeah because that, that is a fair case it's one of those things obviously you know start, but it's like if the way you went over the budget cap was to pay some more money so that you could actually employ, make sure you could keep employing the dude who is renowned as possibly the best designer of F1 cars ever, certainly the best designer of F1 cars this century, then in theory that's going to give you a better car. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. But before we possibly again speculate on what we feel penalties could or should be, I believe... Uh, Zach Brown has come out and given quite a few thoughts on all of this, Jashan, if you want to take us through what Zach Brown has had to say. Yeah, it's it, it's interesting because I, I think I'm less aggrieved by them overpaying their guys than I am about them potentially spending a bunch of extra money on the car. But at the same time, if the money you're spending is dedicated to a guy who designs the car, then it's, you know, it goes hand in hand, doesn't it? Obviously, the meme running around at the moment is it's 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 uh, it's all catering. It's all the goddamn dinners they've been making. Whereas Ferrari have maintained their cost cap because Leclerc and Sainz cook all their own meals for them. So, anyway, Red Bull, they fucked have you, up. Have you seen the um? I was just sorry. I'm going to interrupt you now. Have you seen yeah. the, the 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 great memes of like you can't um? 
like Adrian, you can't, you know, you can't um, write down or like declare a front wing as catering or something. And then <laughs> wings are wings. <laughs> I do rate that. Oh, dude, F one F one Twitter and Instagram is fucking taking this to the ends of the earth, and it's great. It's honestly, it's quality. Show. Oh yeah, well, like look when they're when it's when the stuff isn't heinously when they're not being heinously toxic. Like the as with everything in life. Yeah. There's the two there's the two subsets of the internet culture. There is the corner that's just being constantly toxic, just snipe backwards and forwards, and everyone is like, ah, oh, everything's awful. And then there's the other half, which is just memes. And the memes are always great. But the, unfortunately, the toxicity is the price we must pay for the memes. The toxicity or, is the price we must pay. Well, actually, pay yeah. Is it, is it, here's, a, here's a thought question for you, mate. Is the toxicity the price we must pay for the memes, or are the memes the silver lining we get for enduring the toxicity? Discuss. <laughs> I don't mind that. <laughs> either, either one. It's fine. It's fine. Is but, water um, wet? My personal favorite meme is classic like F1 troll and it's just 2023 Mercedes W14 when Toto interprets the cost cap differently and it's just a photo of fucking Megatron with a Mercedes badge on it. <laughs> I haven't seen that one yet. That's good. It's fucking that's, quality. That's fucking, that's fucking good. But yeah, the aforementioned Big Sack Brown really kind of blew up this cost cap chat to a whole new level where his, some of his letters, he's been writing letters, Matthew. Lord knows. People have been writing letters. I assume emails. Wow, so do, do you know if anyone wrote him back? I don't know. I'm sure, maybe it's still in transit. We know how OzPost is these days. I'm sure do you reckon he wrote using. one to Gino Smith? <laughs> maybe. If he did, I can assure you that Gino didn't write back. Indeed. But uh, he wrote to President Mohammed Ben Suliem, CEO Stefano Domenicali, and all of the cost cap compliant teams, which is likely where the story got leaked through one of those teams, I'd imagine. But the, this is the quote right here. He he's just saying that, you know, the offensive teams, much like you last week, Matt, he's saying that they need to be punished swiftly and strongly. He included Aston Martin and Williams in that, not just Red Bull. He thinks Whoa, that whoa, whoa, whoa. Well, since when were Williams involved? I told you about this last week. They they made a procedural error as well. But oh, right, but yes, they made it. Oh, if they've rectified it, then that's fine. Fuck off, Zach. Calm nah, Zach's, Zach wants them all to be punished. He says they sh I mean, from different you know levels, obviously, but regardless. This is his suggestion on how teams should be punished. So that the overspend should be penalized by way of a reduction to the team's cost cap in the year following the ruling, and the penalty should be equal to the overspend plus a further fine, i.e. an overspend of $2 million in 2021 would result in a $4 million deduction in the following year, if that makes sense. Um, and for context, $2 million is 25 to 50% upgrade to annual car development budget, and hence would have a pretty significant, um, I guess, impact on, you know, the car's development and the car's ability and the car's performance. And then in addition, yes. he believes that there should be minor overspend sporting penalties of a 20% reduction in CFD and wind tunnel time which should be enforced again in the following year to mitigate against the unfair advantage the team has and will continue to benefit from. Because, look, again, if you spend that extra money developing the car in one season, that boost obviously carries over to future seasons, right? It's not just a one-year thing. Uh, potentially, yeah. So, yeah, his argument is that you can't just find them. You also have to kind of 
negatively impact their future yes, hard no. developmental abilities I, to go against what they've already done. Yeah. I think he's absolutely right. I think the case we made, this is one area I possibly did agree with the crazy toxic Twitter bit. And that there's a case we made it should it shouldn't be the fi- the um deduction should be two or three times mm-hmm. your breach rather than just equal to um, as potential case. So if you over by two million, you should potentially have it reduced by six million on top of then any fine. Yeah. And that, but no, I listen. This thing, I do, I do agree. The way to do this, it needs to be yes, restrictions on budget in future years, by reduction in like wind tunnel testing times and things like that. And then yes, I either yeah, loss or expul loss of points or expulsion in constructive standings. So that yeah, because otherwise, as they, I mean, interesting. Well, out of twenty, again, it's one of I don't know. I just I wish they'd all shut their mouths up sometime and not stay there. But like I call it at the same time. I don't blame him, and I'd be thinking the same thing. So like, Toto didn't Toto come out during the last week, week and a half, and basically say, oh well, you know, if all Red Bull gets a fine, is then we'll just yeah, we're just going to internally we're just going to internally budget in copying a twenty million fine or whatever it is, yeah, and just go over the cost cap. These um, and while while I'm like shut the fuck up Toto and a a because don't say that don't make don't draw attention to yourself but also just shut the fuck up you sound like a whiny bitch but it's like yeah I mean that's what I'd do well I think he's if you're in the position the point where you can that just that's do what it. this opens up he's oh, not yeah. saying that that's what Mercedes yeah. is going to do oh I think he is because they would why wouldn't they if if they know they could I I do think he was just legitimately saying and I I wouldn't blame him if all they, if it turns out all you're gonna get for breaching is a fine. You just mm. breach it and pay the fine. If you can afford that, you just breach it and pay the fine. Which is kind of what I said last week as well. Like, yeah, yeah, you know, exactly. Yeah. Your Mercedes, Ferrari, Red Bull, for the most part, twenty million. So that's the thing. If you decide that you really would like to go another two or three million in upgrades, and then you cop twenty million in a fine and that, what's twenty three million to companies like those if it means they win the world title? Mm-hmm. Um. Which is why, yeah, that's it. It needs to be future restriction down the line and that, so it makes it harder for you to develop future cars for the next two, like, handful of years. And, yeah, and then you need to have some impact on the fruits of your hard-earned labour, as I said, whether it be a loss of points or if it's a certain thing and that, you know, expulsion from the previous category and possibly, as I said, being made invalid for, you know, a temporary ban going forward from those categories. Well, I'm still... I still sit firmly on the side of I just and I know a lot of people are still that, but I just want to think just the drivers' championships happened. Don't touch them. Like it's got to I be agree. something clear that Max has done. Like if I don't know if it turns out that Max has been siphoning money into an offshore bank account that is leaked back. <laughs> well, that's to. To notorious hitman um, Jim Jimison, who has been um, subtly poisoning Lewis Hamilton to slightly reduce his ability to perform in the races. Obviously, then we can DQ Verstappen. But I just surely I, you just make the connection that if if New, if Max has been spending Red Bull money to pay Nicholas Latifi to crash at certain moments. Oh, true. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that <laughs> that works as well. Yeah, Max himself paid off Latifi. But yeah, it's like I just. The end of the day, I mean, Max doesn't get a say. Uh, who knows if they even ask Max? And Max probably isn't privy. I don't. I doubt anyone's going. Oh, hey, Max. 
They might go, oh, hey, Max, do you want another upgrade to the car or something? But I doubt they're going, oh, hey, Max, if we put any more upgrades on the car, that'll be us over the budget. Do you want us to do it anyway, or do you want us to stop? And that. Because they'll just be, yeah, like, why are they? They're not going to, I don't think they're keeping Max privy to where they are with relation to the cost cap. So yeah. it is just, it's a lot to take it off. Max, and as I said, you know, if you want to play, and what Zach suggested here wouldn't take anything from Max, it would just yeah, no, exactly, exactly. I think I think Zach is barking up the right tree because yeah, it's thing. If you want to play the Asterix game, we could all do that. But again, as um, Lee Ellis off No Dunks once showed, if you if you play the Asterix game, you can pretty much Asterix every single everything in the history of like sporting titles or 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 whatever. If you really want it, once you start going down that path, you can come up with one to God knows how many things every season. And you're like, ah, oh, well, you know, so because that's the thing, you can't. Who knows for sure if that is what did it? For all we know, that extra bit they put on the car turned out to be completely naff. And we still haven't so, had yeah. a confirmation on what the overspend was. Like the rumor is Adrian Newey's salary, but that's not confirmed anywhere. Exactly. That could again be so just a Mercedes we'll... paid for hit piece. We don't know these things. Yes, uh, we will obviously stick with this story and keep up for updating you guys as anything further comes to light. But let's move on now. I also to... think I also think the fact that Zach Brown, I don't yeah. think he's angry that this story leaked. I think he he probably leaked it himself. Mm-hmm. I think he wants this to get out there. I think he's a little bit salty because obviously McLaren haven't really nailed down their new car, and he's seeing other teams kind of succeed and he's just trying to he's just trying to play politics a little bit and bring down the competition oh, which is all part of the I game what, <laughs> that was my first thought when he included williams I was like geez you are a bit, bit worried about the 2023 car are you yeah. are you zach like don't think williams is really threatening you he's just intimidated by big don albon that's what he is he just knows to be afraid of logan sergeant yeah, fuck oath. Um, Getting an FP one. Oh, he's worried. He's worried that they'll. He's worried that they'll sign Sergeant, and then um, Williams will become the darling of the American public. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The American on them, and so he wants to try and paint them as cheaters in the eyes of America and get ahead of the curve. Oh, you guys got an American before us. Oh! But yeah, uh, moving on to quite an interesting little thing that I stumbled across somewhere out there on Twitter a few days ago. Um, someone shared a graphic. Did I send it or did I not did it send it? Average yeah. rate oh, send it. Send it. Well, the drivers obviously this is showing for the drivers. So to run through oh, the send it. won't surprise you. Uh, Albon almost half a second faster per lap on average than Latifi. What Huge. a shock. Norris is four point is point four two faster than Ricardo. Jesus Christ! What a shock! Verstappen is three and a half tenths up on Perez, which Verstappen's been that much up on everybody. So uh, yeah. I don't hold that one over Perez. Uh, Leclerc has been over three tenths up on Sainz, which I was surprised but not surprised by, and I definitely think is disappointing if you're Sainz. He shouldn't be that far behind Leclerc in pace. Yeah, doesn't have the X Factor, mate. He's not the superstar guy. He's the number two oh, guy. Oh, yeah, but that's the thing. That's the thing. X Factor. That X Factor should just mean that he's not able to then convert the improbable positions to race wins or come up in the real clutch. But he shouldn't 
the lack of X factor shouldn't mean he's that far behind week in and week out. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm concerned by. Setting aside the, oh, does he have the X factor? I want him to be consistently about with Leclerc most races, and then Leclerc just blows him away on the odd one or something. That's what I'm troubled by. Uh, Bottas, 2.2 tenths up on uh, Joe. No real surprise there. Joe is a rookie, so I think we're at that. Vettel, 0.15 up on Stroll. Alonso, just over a tenth up on Ocon, which is interesting, because Ocon's probably had the better run of luck, but, you know, that's not miles apart. Uh, Russell imperceptibly basically up. He's six one hundredths up on Hamilton. Gasly, four one hundredths up on Sonoda, which I do actually think is troubling for Gasly, but I think we've already both sort of agreed we just feel like this is just, I don't know, this is just a weird and off year. Also, the other te- also Yuki hasn't been terrible. They're just both driving a shit car. Oh, no, that. but you'd, you'd be wanting... I imagine Gasly was a hell of a lot more than four hundredths of a second faster than Sonoda Pellap last year. Gasly's definitely yeah, coming but back to Sonoda. Yeah, but Yuki, Sonoda that, was, that was Yuki's rookie season, and now it's his second season, so there's a natural oh, yeah. progression. Oh, yeah, but there. again, like, I don't I think... think we'll I, don't think... I will say right now, I would expect Joe to bridge that gap at least a little bit next year to Bottas, at least a little bit. Oh, definitely, but, but the difference is... The difference, oh, Gasly, this is Gasly, this is obviously because it's also where he's running. It's not like... Yeah. It's not like Sonoda is suddenly banging in performances that he wasn't... Sonoda's not doing much better than he was last year. Gasly's doing way worse. Very obvious. Just to, I think the it's a mix of both. I think Sonoda has improved a little Sonoda... bit. Oh, God. My, I just think I just hiccuped um, and coughed at the same time. The, nice. The big one that caught my eye, whilst this gap isn't massive, it does raise a question. Mick Schumacher is 900. So basically, Mick Schumacher is a tenth of a second faster per lap on average than Kevin Magnussen. So riddle me this, Jashan. So Schumacher is faster than Magnussen. Mm -hmm. Schumacher is significantly younger than Magnussen. Mm -hmm. Schumacher is more marketable than Magnussen. Mm. So you'd, you'd keep Magnussen right out of the pair of them? I wouldn't keep either of them. These we're just talking the hypothetical. Yeah, and in, I, in just, my hypothetical, I wouldn't keep either of them. I if if the mark is that Schumacher's been faster than Magnussen, fine. I don't think Schumacher's been good enough to earn his seat in that. And if he's been faster than Magnussen, then neither has Magnussen. Cut them both. That's fair. Although I will say, I will say, how can you possibly? Defend Sonoda because I don't think Sonoda's performed that much better than Schumacher. If Sonoda's on the grid, Schumacher should still be there. Sonoda's, yeah, yeah. Sonoda should definitely be gone. I think Sonoda has cut down on his high. Let me let me speak. Sonoda has cut down on his high-profile crashes this season, whereas Schumacher has, if anything, crashed more this season than last year. And for a small team like Haas, they they can't really afford that, especially with these cost Mm. caps. Name name a Schumacher crash. Since, um, Miami. It was, Miami it was a couple of weeks ago. It was, it was fucking, it was one in one of the free practices. And I, I want to say, oh, fuck's sake. Give me, give me, give me some time. Did he? Oh, well, if he, if he crashed ah, in free practice. This is literally an article that was released 21 hours ago. Headline, Mick Schumacher costs a fortune and has wrecked a lot of cars and admits Haas F1 team owner. 
Yeah, yeah, but I'm not... But again, I'm like, how recent are those crashes being? Like, he had those crashes right at the start of the season. But I would have said on the whole, since then he's figured it out. I don't think he is wrecking race cars every week anymore. Is, there was, there was is a recent point. one. There was a recent one. There was a couple... It was a, it was a few weeks ago. Oh, for God's sake. There are all these Hulkenberg articles I have to de delve through. She might be crash. Ugh. Ah, he had a massive crash in FP1 in Japan. Was that not in the wet? Magnuson didn't crash. I know, but... Ranch, you know... He, he split the car in two in it. Monaco as well. It's not great. Yeah, okay, so Monaco's the, the last, the last Big one. crash in Jeddah. I think Jeddah was the one where he shunted into the back of Seb Vettel. I know, as I said, that was very early, early season. I think he's had a pretty good run up until, obviously, yes, okay, if he had an incident in Japan. He was on a pretty good run where he hadn't done anything. It wasn't an incident. He wrecked the to, car in Japan. Like, he, again... Yeah, not. I'm not, but to the point that I, you know, I think it's getting, it was getting close to a long enough stretch that you could argue that, okay, that is now an outlier. Everyone has had crashes at some point and that, and they're going to, Max Verstappen will ride off a race car sometime over the next few years. For sure. And that, so I, I think that's But at the same time, if he's, if, he's done, I'm, I'm, if he's done it a lot and let's say Good Designer gives him the ultimate, like, do not crash the car again because we can't afford it, and then he goes and he crashes the car again, then that's grounds to... Yeah, okay, it. but do you want him to... Uh, if, unless you want him to not push, you're... The race, oh, sure. again, this is the thing. When you're racing, you're going to... You're always own. If to actually do good, you can only ever be... Um, realistically, you're at, your, you're at your best when you're a fraction of an inch away from it all going horribly wrong. Because you're right on the limit. Yeah, and I think and I think veterans, which is why I think this is why they're, they're mm -hmm. leaning towards signing a Giovinazzi or a Hulkenberg. Veterans can keep it on that line without pushing it across that line more frequently. But see, and more I, I'd, I'd, on the other and hand, I'd make the point of are, are the veterans actually even at that line? And that would be my point of Sonoda as well. I reckon in the context of the cars they've driven, Mick Schumacher has the more impressive results and is the faster driver of the two. So now maybe well, maybe he's just Holy. generally. Mick Schumacher has has had what two good races in his career. I think Sonoda's had had at least six or seven. He no, that's not true because he's had races where he is. At the end of the but no, but because Mick has more points than Sonoda this season in a worse car. Hitherto, he must be performing better. That's the most well, basic Well, the Haas and Alfa Tauri car are the, are the same right now. They're on almost equal points. They are same. They are, but I would think we'd both still say the Alfa Tauri is probably a little bit better. You'd expect certainly in the second well, half of the season. You'd expect it to, to, to be, but that. it doesn't have, doesn't necessarily. I happen, I think it? it is. The Haas yeah, car was clearly I'd... better in the first half of the season. That's I know, and, and all not at all. But Schumacher, that's none not... of them were Schumacher. That's just as I know. Yeah, exactly. Came. Well, that's even worse then. K-Mag got the points when the car was good and ahead of the curve. Mm -hmm. Schumacher has gritted the points in the races where the car wasn't nearly as dominant, but he found a way to make it work. He hasn't just had the two good races. He's had two good finishes. That's absolutely true. He's only really had two good finishes in his F1 career. Mm -hmm. He has had races, and yes, he's made mistakes at the end of them, but he's been showing more in the way of pace. That's the thing. I, I'm fully supportive. I think with the lay of the land, 
Yuki deserved a year three. But that's my point. Mick deserves a year three as well. I think that's the cutoff. I think you have to be, like, horrifically tanking to not get year three. It's that basic thing, and this applies to me in so many sports. Once yeah. you take the chance on a guy, you've got to stick with him. Because again, and I know you're just going to say he should never have got this long, but no. are you telling me you reckon Mick has been performing worse than Latifi? Who got three oh, years no. in F one? But there's there's more to and it than that. It's thing. not just about how quickly how quick they are on the racetrack. This is the money side of things. Do, do you think? Only... Do you think? Okay, do you think Schumacher's wrecked more cars than Latifi has? No, Latifi no, 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 had no, so no, many no, accidents. Not the point I was trying to make. I'm making the point that Latifi's a pay driver, and for a team as small yes. as Williams, that helps. And now but, they can okay, get rid Schumacher's... of him because they've got the Donaldson back. Yeah. Schumacher's marketability, and po- Schumacher's marketability and popularity definitely helps them as well. Is he that popular? Schumacher is... I think Schumacher is still one of the darlings of the F1 fan base. He is way more over than a Magnussen or Giovinazzi. If they get Hulkenberg, that maybe competes because everyone fucking loves Hulkenberg. But he's way more popular than Magnussen or Gio. Yeah, but and again, he's, well, he's got, that's he's my original just, he's point. He's got that Schumacher name. Purely based on pace, then yeah, you don't you fire both of them for because I when Schumacher had those good finishes and he performed well, we both agreed that he he can't just rest on his laurels now. He needs to keep going and succeed beyond this, and he hasn't. Oh, absolutely, he's done fuck all since then. Absolutely, apart from destroy the car in Japan, that's a fact. Uh, yeah. Magnussen but, but again, has but, also uh, done absolutely nothing. The Haas set, oh, yeah. the Haas setup is not great. That's just a fact. And Schumacher has definitely not benefited from being in this Haas car for two years. Obviously, last year was a complete write-off. Him and Mazepin just essentially running their own race around the back all season. That sucks. And oh, that's definitely. a shame. I do just think, I do just think, I, I do feel that at some point along the line, you decided that you find Sonoda very likable, and you like Sonoda, and you want Sonoda to succeed, and you've decided that you just don't like Mick because... Well, I don't know what the, whether it's because everyone likes Mick, whether it's because I like Mick, or whether you've just decided you don't like Mick. Because I think, I think really, if anything, you're splitting hairs to differentiate them, but you've pretty firmly been, Sonoda should get another go, and I'm glad he is, and mm. you've been strongly this whole time, I think Mick should be gone from the sport. But they're basically the same driver. So why why should one stay but one should go? I I've just been more impressed by some of Yuki's performances than I have by Mick. That's all. And again, that's probably a large part to play in that is because Yuki's been <laughs> in. Do you remember Yuki's battle with Lewis Hamilton last year? You probably don't because you're focusing remember, on your own Remember remember Mick's battle with Verstappen this year? Yeah, which is great. That was a nice little moment, and that's that's. A highlight that is provided this year, but again, Yuki's had the benefit of having a more relevant car over the over his career thus far. Yuki's got the benefit of being in a setup where they've got the Red Bull backing. They don't they don't need to worry about the finances as much as Haas do. I think yeah, from a business but, perspective, it makes sense to cut Mick Schumacher at this. Point. But that's that's never been that's never been your. I'm I'm taking two issues here because I agree with the business in that, and I think the biggest takeaway from this thing is more of a. Hang on, should we be having a conversation about how rubbish Kevin Magnuson actually is? Like, what the fuck has K Mag done since Bahrain, basically? He scored, what, like 12 points in Bahrain, 10 points in Bahrain. He finished fifth and scored 10? That sounds right, yeah. Yeah, well, the vast bulk of his points were in the first handful of rounds. Same with Bottas. He's yeah. not, not done a heck of a lot since. So why exactly is 
yeah, why is no one talking about K-Mag, and why has K-Mag got such a open... Yeah, open thing. <sighs> my, my secondary point here is, I if you want to make the business uh, argument side of it with the cheat market, that's fine. But you've, you've banged on about you don't think you should be here performance-wise, not business-wise. Your argument has always been performance, and my point is... Schumacher and Sonoda have the same performance, so you can't. I don't. I, don't yeah, I disagree in that sense. I disagree in that sense. I don't think they have had the same performance. I think Sonoda's shown more, not a whole lot more. And I think if you you know notice over the course of this season, but again, where you're saying whoa, you're saying you're saying whoa, 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 he had buddy, more, buddy, but, buddy. No, come on, come on. Because you're you're let me finish my yourself. point. You're making your points. Over the course of this yeah. season, I have cooled off on Sonoda. Because he hasn't done as well this year as I would have hoped. Yeah. He has improved, I think, in overall pace. And he's made less. High-profile mistakes than he did last year, but he's also had less flashes of brilliance this season. And I think if they were to replace him with Lawson, I'd be absolutely on board with that. But they've decided to give another another go, and I think there are they can do that because again they don't need to worry as much about finances that has to. They've got that they've got that safety net, I, and I they think, want to know think... there because it boosts their relationship with Honda, and they want Honda back on oh, board. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There are more facets I think here you're. I, I think again. I'm. I'm not again. I'm not disputing the logic of the business side of it, but that I'm just. I'm taking issue. I think you're conveniently now latching onto the business marketing costing side of this to justify why you've always wanted Sonoda to say and Mick to go. When up until now, your argument has only ever been performance, and you made the point yourself about three minutes ago. That Sonoda's had the better opportunities and been in the better car. So I think his results were better than Mick's last year, no question about that. He was in a way faster car. This year, they've been in a wash car, and their results have been a wash. They've both done next to fuck all. Mm-hmm. So I, I, again, I just, they're, they're, they're the same driver. If anything, if anything, Mick is fractionally ahead, because Mick showed more on the junior category, but like... Oh, for sure, they're, he's they're got the that F2 under his belt, Absolutely. Look, so you know, yeah, I, I think that's all. That's all my my point is. I had to think, and I'm I'm you know, Mick just hasn't shown enough for me. And look, to be fair, Sunoda probably hasn't either. But I, I I've been more impressed with a few of Sunoda's performances than I have by Schumacher's two good races. That's all. Okay, pick out a pick out a performance. What name a? I just a curiosity because I can name you the performances of Schumacher that have impressed. Yeah, because there are so your, few of them. Year? There should be if if you're saying there's so many Sonoda performance, you should be able to name someone. Well, okay, the, the last race of last year, I believe, he got mad points. He had that juicy, juicy battle with Lewis Hamilton. I imagine you remember that. No. He had the Derby last year. Really? Yeah, all I remember of Abu Dhabi, all I remember of Abu Dhabi is the end of it. If I'm honest. Yeah, it was a fair. Just openly on me. Uh, his bar, his debut in Bahrain was very, very nice. Oh, he's got a record with Debris. What? Ah. Victor Vries and Yuki Tsunoda to uh, be the shortest ever F1 driver lineup in history. Love that. Yep. You beauty. It's going to be good. Oh, it's going to be good. Great. You know what will be fantastic banter if Tsunoda absolutely dicks Debris next year? That'd be fun. <laughs> that, that won't be a good look. That also, that would be that that would that would be interesting to see how that affects a few 
long conceived narratives. Like what what are the um DeVries has been so hard done by crowd gonna do if he starts getting smashed by like Yuki Mediocre next season? Mediocre. I don't mind that. This is without like Yuki, Yuki <laughs> If obviously if, if Yuki yeah. suddenly breaks the fuck out and becomes the RB one on the season. Yuki fine. finished fourth in Abu Dhabi like, last year and his racing yeah, and fair enough, fair this enough. season was very nice as well. Came home seventh there. And he's been good at Bahrain both seasons. But yeah, it's been a long stretch without points for Yuki. Um, oh, it just sounds like he's a Middle Eastern bully with one, yeah, one wild appearance in... Um... He's, he's got the demographics nailed down. He's a Middle Eastern bu- bully and he's got the Honda Connect. It's perfect. <laughs> yeah, but Schumacher's German. We need a... Actually, that's the biggest thing. Well, he has replaced unless by Hulkenberg. Unless Hulkenberg's replacing him, Schumacher has to stay because we can't not have a German on the grid. To be clear, I'd rather Schumacher not... there than Giovinazzi. But if Hulkenberg's replacing them, then yes. Yes. That's fair. Dream Haas lineup for 2023 is, is Ricardo and Hulkenberg. That's what I want to see, but it's not gonna ha- it's not gonna happen because Ricardo is a soppy little cunt. Our uh, Schumacher is better than Ricardo. That's a lot. <laughs> Schumacher, <laughs> Schumacher, Schumacher could still be better than Ricardo, um, yeah. and I'd still I still want to bet the talent. I that's the thing I don't want. And that's that's the biggest thing as well. I just. I don't want Schumacher to be replaced with a vet. I'd argue dream lineup, Schumacher, Hulkenberg. Or, yeah. again, if you've got such an issue with the co- the costs that you're incurring with Schumacher, fine. Go fucking get Teo Porsche. No, I, I agree, but the go, again, go, the, the issue comes has, down has to it it's not just about on-track performance, it's about the money. And the Gunter Steiner is, I think... This move is more focused on let's cut costs and just have some reliable. Oh, no, but that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Replace, replace him with a, replace him with a different rookie, and back that they're but not going to yeah, crash the car every second. That's so why they they've gotten so scared by the Mazepin Schumacher experiment that they're now just going to double veterans again, which I think is the I wrong move, and I don't like I it. But I can understand I where they're coming till, from. I can't wait till K Mag and Geo start putting it in the fence every second week. Um, <laughs> All you got to do to get poor Sherry's, you walk over to the Sauber garage and go, "Hey, Mister Mister the Sauber, <laughs> um, we would I uh, we would like Joe Guan Yu in our team." And then he'll go, "Well, I like him in my team. I don't really want to let him go." And you go, "Okay." And you got Bottas on a five year contract. Yeah. Um, do you want Tail in F one? We'd like we'd we'd race race him, and then he'll go, "Ah, oh, let's see what you've done here." Fair enough. And then you get Teo Porsche. Yeah. And now you're looking good. Yeah. Uh, I think, moving on. To be let's... fair, can I use that Teo Porsche as a bit of a segue? Okay. What are you segueing into? into it's a driver's making FP1 appearances. Oh, okay. I didn't realize that was a thing we had down to talk about. But sure, make I, that segue. I man. mentioned it. All right. Teo Porsche, oh, he's oh, a juicy wait. boy. Oh, God, don't say that. Oh, that's terrible. All right. <laughs> No context, rear of the grid. <laughs> Tate Porcher is a very, very talented young driver. I like you brought him up because he has been confirmed as reserve driver for 2023 for Alfa Romeo, and he will drive for the first of a time an F1 car FP1 in Austin. Tate Porcher making his debut this weekend. Alongside Alex Palou, who will make his FP1 debut for McLaren. Pato O'Ward will drive FP1 in Abu Dhabi, also for McLaren. And of course, we'll be seeing Logan Sargent this weekend for Williams making his 
F1 Machinery okay. debut in FP1. So, Matthew, I'll ask you this question. Taylor Porsche, Alex Palou, Logan Sargent, or Pato Award, which FP1 appearance are you most excited for, sir? It has to be Palou, because Palou's in probably my top five, ten favourite race race drivers. None of the others are that. Like, I'm, a, I'm an Alex Palou fan. As one of right. my caveats in Indy. I was a Palou, I was a Palou fan before all my boys from F2 rocked up in IndyCar, and then I was like, ah. Oh. But, like, I've been a Palou and... Well, I was a Dixon... I've been a Dixon fan for a long time. I adopt, When I finally got into watching it full-time, I adopted Palou, like, alongside Dixon. And obviously, you know, wanting Scotty to do good for, like, fucking... Yeah, the supercars. Yeah, Australian motorsport. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, But, yeah, like, I, I'm a Palou fan. Um, and I got treated to him winning the championship in, in my first year. It was nice. Uh, so Palou, Palou of that. But I, honestly, all four of them, I'm, yeah, I want, obviously, one thing I'm, I'm hoping, I'm hoping that he get he's getting Latifi's car. I'll be devastated if he's getting up on Yeah, Latifi's car. Yeah. I, I want to see, is that confirmed? Yes. And Palou is getting uh, okay, Ricardo's cool. car. Okay, cool. Because Palou's getting Ricardo's car, Do we, whose car is... I assume is Porsche getting Bottas's car? I actually don't know. That would that would make the most sense, to be honest. Yeah. Although regardless for that one, I think that one works more so either way. But yes, I because I want to see, like I, or not the note, but like. Yeah, Bottas. Yeah. Like again, obviously, like what what did it really tell us when DeVries was able to smash Latifi? I think we all kind of knew DeVries was better than Latifi. That's why DeVries finished first in his title season in F2, and Latifi was the runner-up. Uh, so I don't really want to see Sargent's time go head-to-head with Latifi. I'd rather see what Sargent can do in... Because the best... And even then, obviously, they could run different programs in the session. But the best context you're going to see in terms of a free practice session and that is what how Sargent can match up with Albon. Yeah. Can he be somewhat close to him, or heaven forbid, can he actually beat him? Be if he mad. beats him in the practice session, I think that is notable. Same goes for Palou over there at McLaren. I don't really care. Obviously, it's the less of that, but I don't really care for how Palou can match up with Ricardo. That I just don't know cares anymore, mm. at least in terms of being good for McLaren. It's certainly not a practice session. I am curious. That's the thing. I'd be very surprised if Palou, but also fucking ecstatic if Palou's able to beat Norris somehow. But I'd be interested if Palou can be within half a second or something of Norris and he's first rocking up in the car. I'd be very. I think that's very promising and bodes oh, hell yeah. as well for maybe Palou could make that transition at that. Um, Porsche wise, I think it's kind of interchangeable. Um, there's obviously the case of how can he measure up against a multiple Grand Prix winner in Bottas, but there's also how can he measure up against. A man who's obviously the only rookie, but you know, what the, he's also one of the guy better, who's in theory, before better, better young drivers and that, and yet you know, a guy he was going toe to toe with in F two and that. So, yeah, all all three, um, very interesting. But I'm I'm most watching. I think at the end of the day, I think Sergeant was almost a guarantee to get into F1... Well, not a guarantee. I think Sargent is great odds to get into F1. If, if Sargent does his job in Abu Dhabi in F2, Sargent's in F1 next year. I think that is yep. locked, loaded, and confirmed. He will be their first choice, and it's if he fails to get the super license points, that's when they'll look elsewhere, and then I think it could well become someone like Doohan. Uh Pusher, I still think, is very good odds on getting in, probably going somewhere along this Ricardo, pa- um, Ricardo pass, Piastri path, 
So whether or not he actually ever gets in there with Sauber, with them having Joe, and Bottas is under one of the longest deals in F1, yeah. or whether it's you know after after a season of K Mag and Giovinazzi mediocrity, Haas goes okay, maybe it would be nice to have a youngster in here again, and then goes hey, can we have Porsche? I think that. Pull and Ward are the ones that there is not an easy, obvious path for them into F1. So, I, uh, yeah. So, both on the Palou fan, but also I just, I really am curious to see how these IndyCar guys can stack up against. Perez so retires I'm, I'm after really... next season and Red Bull poached Lando Norris and we have a Piastri Palou partnership. Bang. That would, that would, that would be the easy, that would finally bring everything for me into symmetry. Because in theory, in theory, in terms of my previous things, that and a lot of things, McLaren. I've always liked McLaren less so when Hamilton's there, but I love them with the Jensen button half the couch. I've always liked McLaren. They're close to, in theory, Williams, my favourite team in the grid. They're arguably operating as it when the lineup was Norris, who I certainly enjoy. I, I've enjoyed less the longer he's been here, but I've you know enjoyed in his rookie season. Yeah, and they had signs alongside, and signs made Norris more likable. It was just the beautiful partnership. Yes, I fucking love McLaren with that. Piastri is through overall how much I like him, Raymond, right, and he's obviously then the extra bump he gets to being straight. Piastri is going to come in and take over as my favourite driver of the grid. He is going to bat slightly ahead of George and Carlos. Naturally. If you could put Palou in there with him, Palou would probably move into number two on the grid. So if you could have me two favourite drivers on what is no worse than my third favourite team, allowing it to just happily be me favourite team. I just Everything would be in perfect symmetry. Why did you suddenly I become a pirate? Package. You keep referring it to me favourite two drivers or me favourite team. Army hearties. What's going on? I just, I don't know. Fair enough. I just don't. I, I speak the good <laughs> English. The good. The good, the good, the good, um, the good, the good, good. Yeah, anyway, can I, can I move us on now? Yeah, of course. All right. On to this weekend's Grand Prix in the U.S. of A. Unless you're going to tell me there's something else that we were meant to Nah, mate, that's us, bro. Cool. Yes, Circuit of America's this weekend. Second time back since COVID, so second race here for Jashan. I've obviously been a veteran of quite a few. Um, As I said, it is one of the better Tilka Drums ever made, in most people's opinion, driver and fan and expert commentators alike. I don't know. Um, As an expert commentator, i got to shed my doubts. <laughs> Sorry. He's a fucking muppet. He's a fucking muppet. Uh, uh, yeah, so I'm looking forward to it in that it could deliver some good racing, but I'm also kind of like the way the trend is going at the moment. It's just Verstappen wins it. Uh, yeah, so I don't, I don't know. I'm not getting too, too hopeful of an absolute banger Grand Prix by any means. There is only four races left for someone outside of the top two teams on the grid to win a race. That's it's been ages since something like that's not happened. Yeah, it felt like a, a, a spot like Japan would have been a good one with all the rain and stuff, but it just didn't eventuate. Alas. Yeah, one, look, one of the Mercedes boys has to figure something out in the next few races. Yeah, come on, um, come on, let's figure it out, bud. And, like, Perez, Perez I, like, frankly, I hope that um, someone match fixes Perez to winning in Mexico. Um, I fully endorse rigging Mexico so that Perez wins. That would be nice. Uh, 
So, yeah. I mean, Lewis, like Lewis winning in Abu Dhabi would be pretty good banter. <laughs> that would also be nice, yes. Aside from obviously wanting Seb to win in Abu Dhabi in his final race, Lewis winning in Abu Dhabi would be pretty good banter. All right. With a last lap overtake on Max. Oh, that'd be, that'd be juicy. And it'll see if he crashed on in there somehow. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I think I'm, I'll jump in first. I just... As uh, Max, um, taking Max to get the win, and then does it really matter who finishes on the podium behind him? Uh, I will take. I reckon this could be a return to the wacky run, so I will take George and I will take a Lando. I can see Ferrari, Ferrariing again. Mercedes being in a pace bracket more similar to Lando, so he's able to split the pair of them, and Perez will just end up with... I don't know, Perez will end up with an engine pair. Something will go under Perez, and he'll end up qualifying 12th or something like he occasionally does, <laughs> and he'll only be able to get back to fifth. So you got a Max George Lando podium. Uh, yep. Juicy. Very juicy. I... Uh, well, look, first of all... Schumacher to score points. Wouldn't be caught dead, mate. Yuki Tsunoda to score points. This has now become the most heated rivalry in all of RA2G history is Yuki Tsunoda versus Mick Schumacher. Uh, I think it's definitely UV me regards George Russell. That was a good fit. Oh, what about UV Spencer regarding Perez's win in Bahrain? That was only ever really debated once. Yeah, but it was like half an hour of heated fire. That's maybe, that is maybe our greatest ever debate. In any case... I think it'll be an interesting test of Max's character. He's won the ship. He's won the championship. Does he go Super Saiyan and just keep pumping out wins, or does he chill out a little bit? You know, we don't we don't really know. Last year, it took him to the very, very end to win the championship. <laughs> the thing is, even if he chills out, he's still probably like half a second faster than everyone. That's a fair call. That's a fair call. I ultimately think, I think there'll be a bit of a hangover here in Austin. And I think after that, he'll refocus on breaking Schumacher and Vettel's record for 13 wins in a season, which he will most likely attain. Brazar can, yeah, that's a fair shout. Brazil and Abu Dhabi lock him in for Max, because I, I think there is a case... I think there is a legit case to be made that as long as Perez is able to beat the 18 people that aren't his teammates, I think, understandably so, Red Bull would probably try and get Perez in the position to win Mexico. All Perez, I think, has to do is beat everyone else, and then they'll find a way to let him, hopefully... That'd be nice. ...finish ahead of Max. Just, you Just know, for the PR stunt. With a, with a f- final, final lap of the race, Perez is running P2, like, 10 seconds behind Max, and then they're just, oh, no! Your gearbox has stopped... <laughs> Gearing. Yeah. What a shame, Max. And he Max is there like, oh no, I can't believe this has happened to me. I am devastated. <laughs> Indeed, that'll be good quality shit. I believe that Leclerc will win. Followed by Perez, followed by Lewis Ooh. Hamilton. That is my prediction. Oh crap. Who oh, here's a question for you. Who do you reckon on the grid? Uh, most suitor would look best in a Stetson. In a Stetson? Yeah. Let me look up what a Stetson is. Oh, so I've said it wrong. Oh, here. that hat. Right. Well, that's... I cannot believe you don't... You fucking incompetent fuckhead. I'm... 
to beat Hulk. Jesus Christ, I stand by it. I'm not an American. I'm. Co- I, I, I don't have a you know fiending for American culture like you do. I don't. Calm down. Neither do I, but I know what a Stetson is. Give me a Kubra any day of the week, brother. Uh, Ricardo always looks pretty good when he... Aussie Pride! I just call it a cowboy hat, man. Ricardo wears one every single year they go to Austin, and he always looks good. Well, I, I was going to say, I was going to possibly add a caveat, aside from Ricardo. Aside from Ricardo? Fuck. Bottas. Bottas during one of his naked oh, yeah. sauna sessions. That's a beautiful extra caveat. Yeah. I reckon K-Mag would be a good shout yeah. as well. Yuki is one I'd love to see. Yuki and Joe. That'd be funny. I'd love to see in the Stetson. That'd be funny. Um, really, they should just do photo shoots before the US Grand Prix with every single driver wearing a Stetson. They should do like, the grid photo that they do at the start of the year before the first race. They should do another one of them with them all wearing Stetson. And announcing our first ever sponsorship on Rear of the Grid, Stetson. Great hats for great people. That would be, I'd be, I'd be, I'd be so down to do ad reads. I reckon that would be fucking hilarious. <laughs> One day we'll have the engagement necessary. DraftKings to... Sportsbook. Use code fuckwits to get 10% off. <laughs> Beautiful. Uh, just to finish this off, I will say, of the battles remaining on the grid, which are you most interested to see play out? You need to tell me what the battles on the grid are. Well, Hold up, I'm on the... Sorry, sorry. I'll stop you right there. I've just realised I literally have the championship standings open on my screen. Uh, <laughs> so the battles would be Perez v. Leclerc, Russell v. Sainz v. Hamilton, Hamilton I guess. Yeah. Uh, the Alpine teammates. And then what? Vettel v. Ricardo. Well, and then, and then the constructors as well, well, like Alpine versus McLaren okay, for fourth, okay. and Aston Martin versus Alfa Romeo for So, six. which one am I most excited for? Yeah. I think Alpine v. McLaren. Ooh. Um, I don't, I don't really care whether or not Charles finishes second. He's so far behind, I couldn't give a shit whether or not Charles finishes second. To me. Why not just have both Red Bull guys finish first and second? Who fucking cares? But <laughs> Alpine v. McLaren. A... Hey, it's got it's got actual. That's the thing. There's nothing happens if Charles or Sarah Joe finish second. Just a bit of personal pride. But there is real world ramifications to who finishes fourth out of Alpine and McLaren in terms of the finances that they yep. garner uh, going forward, and as well as some major bragging rights. And you know, both of these teams have been mired by a lot of controversy, I guess, throughout the season, largely pertaining to the whole Piastri situation. Mm-hmm. Claren, though, across, like, all their different racing avenues have been having all sorts of contract sagas. Uh, one one lost the other. They went one and one it's, That's an acceptable record, I think, in the courtroom. Fair <laughs> sure uh, enough. I'm 90% certain. Palou is racing for Ganassi next year, I believe, seeing out his contract there, and then moving to McLaren is my understanding. Love it. Uh, but, yeah, but I think both of these two, yeah, would really love it is just like being able to point to it as a sign of we are trending in the right direction. Uh, Fuck yeah. So yeah, no, I think that's the one. That's the one to watch. But also, I'm a little bit interested in uh, whether or not Aston can overhaul and pass Alfa Romeo. And I think they can, just because I think Vettel's going to have a couple more vintage performances in him. I don't think Suzuka's the last time we're going to see Vettel up in the points. Yeah, I tend to agree. And I'm not convinced we'll see Bottas in them again, so... That hasn't been in the points for fucking ages, bro. Uh, and I'm taking Haas to beat Afatari, because Mick is going to score points before the season ends. Yep, 
Okay, that's I mean, that's obviously bollocks. Yeah, I like it. Uh, who will I'm win? Alphatari or Haas? Yuki Sinoda or Mick Schumacher? Catch it here uh, next week, folks. Get a manifest it into manifest. <laughs> uh, but yeah, he's quite right. So very very short preview, but there was a lot of other news to talk about. But yes, for another week, uh, find us on any good podcast player, and more importantly, online online on instagram at online hub media and also be sure to go if it's something that uh, takes your fancy and you're that way inclined be sure to go and find our sister podcast the four man war which is i believe is that on spotify under its own well on podcast players under its own feed of is it the under four the four man, man wall yeah. or 4mw the four, four man, man wall also it's just on the, the it's on four my man on all, or yes, you can find it through the Hub Media, or the link to which obviously is in the Instagram. So find the Instagram, and that's your starting point. You <laughs> go from there. You'll be able to find everything else from there. Uh, but yeah, check out the Four Man Wall. They've uh, had one debut episode they released uh, last week. Um, it was quite good. I assume there's one coming up this week, Deshaun? Yeah, confirm. We'll be recording later this evening. I'm very excited. Ooh, also, nice. well, the big follow-up. soon, too. The big follow-up question in that case is, can you exclusively reveal on this episode of Rarely Grid, is Nicholas Brazier making his debut appearance? <laughs> to be confirmed, to be confirmed. We're still working on Nicholas Brazier. He's, he's, he's TBC even at this late hour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Insanity. Uh, but yeah, check out that. It's a very, very good podcast covering... Football, primarily the A-League, but a few other things, sort of Australian loose football. I assume, you know, any massive international stories that break could well get discussed. Fuck yeah. Ballon d'Or chat tonight. Until next time, for another week, I've been Matt. He has been Jashan. Big John Carlo Fisichella fan over here. Prefer Park song. Ah. And we have been Rear of the Grid. rifling through files right now oh, i'm i'm fiddling with my collection of uh kfc wet wipes ah how many wet wipes do you have i currently possess six kfc wet wipes god damn this guy obviously these food. are all these are all unopened in um i'd say between near mint and um good condition <laughs> Somewhere between near mint and good. Good. I wouldn't say I wouldn't say I own any that are in mint condition um, these days at the moment, but none of them are like in in serious disrepair.